What's up, everybody, and welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Bets. It's Tuesday, November 22nd. We are two days away from Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, the big feast, football, turkey, beer, stuffing, whatever you want. Maybe the best American holiday. I know my wife thinks it's the best American holiday. I'm a big Halloween guy. Obviously, I love Christmas. Come from a Christian background, so I, I hope that's okay to say. <laughs> but uh, Thanksgiving is awesome. I'm just not a big. I'm not as big of a fan of Thanksgiving food as some people are. Like people can eat the leftovers over and over and over again. I'm not this guy, you know. Give me some leg of lamb on Christmas, or a nice steak on uh, the Fourth of July, right? Like that's a better meal for me. But here we are. I mean, <laughs> there's a little theme there, isn't there? Beef steak. Uh, but Thanksgiving is awesome. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, this week. My name is Chris Farley, a.k.a. at Farley Bets, across all social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can DM me anytime, ask me questions about your sports bets, or, of course, you can invest in our premium packages, which are going for a discount right now, too, as we get legalized here in Maryland to sports bet through all the apps that everybody else gets to do. I can finally do it myself. Very exciting, and we're just coming off our best NFL week of the season. Our ATS plays won 12 and 5 for plus 11 units. And our parlays and teasers. I give away a parlay of the week and a teaser of the week every week. I gave away two parlays. One was just for 0.5 units, but my parlay and teaser of the week hit. So we went 2 and 1 for plus 5.86 units in the NFL on our parlays and teasers, too. That's that. Uh, you know, I'm no mathematician. But that's a, a week of over 16 units won in the NFL in week 11. Trying to tell people usually the second half of the season is where I catch my rhythm. You know, I'm just I'm just a better NFL better when I have a lot more information at hand and I can anticipate spots of regression or more motivation in the second half part of the season. Something for me to note next year. I probably won't have as many plays the first half of next season. And moving forward, just it's just always been that way for me. I get better after like week 10. And that's certainly what seems to be happening now. So you can jump on my premium packages right here at the odds breakers or send me a DM directly and we can get you all set up. Obviously, historically, it is what it is. We're one of the best NBA handicappers out there, 57% career percentage and over 130 units won. So you'll get NBA and NFL plays from me as well as other sports. Check me out. That's enough promoting me. Let's get to this podcast. It's going to be a very brief podcast today is just me talking solo to all of you again you can catch me here at the Ozbreakers on the bet us nfl and nba shows and over there at the 33rd team where i'm featured writing articles and on a lot of videos over there for them my show betting the nfl with ryan reynolds and kate constable airs twice a week on mondays and thursdays so i'm all over the place we're busy but let's get to the things to talk about today talk about a little nfl and then we'll get into some free picks for thanksgiving and for the NBA tonight. So last night, huh? First of all, the San Francisco 49ers are probably the most talented they've ever been, right? Top 10 offensive line, Debo Samuel. Uh, Brandon Ayuk seems to catch two to three touchdowns every week. It's crazy. They have Christian McCaffrey. Now they got Elijah Mitchell. Uh, they just got so many options, so many weapons on that offense. And Jimmy G is the definition of a rhythm quarterback. That dude, if he's in the right situation, if they're able to get rid of the ball quick, he gets in rhythm and he will absolutely torch a defense. Now, of course, when Jimmy G is not in rhythm, 
and he's a little off. Things are clumsy in the offense. Maybe there's a few injuries, like when Trent Williams went down this year. He's not as proficient. That's for sure. Not as efficient. But Jimmy G, man, you put him in the right spot, he can make all the throws, those quick slants down the field, et cetera. He's a good quarterback. He's just, you know, he's dependent on, on how the offense is going and how effective the totality of the offense is. But this San Francisco team now is very healthy. Both sides of the ball are a lot healthier now than they were earlier in the season. Um, the, I, I believe they're either tied or they're almost tied with the Seattle Seahawks for first place in the NFC West. They're my pick to win the NFC West. Wouldn't be a bad futures bet on them. And they should probably be considered a favorite in the NFC as well. I got the Cowboys, the 49ers, Eagles, and Bucks at the very top of the NFC because I would not be surprised at all if the Tampa Bay Bucks went on a run after that big win in Germany. Finally got some things going in their run game in that. Really like what I saw from their young rookie running back. So got, got to still count Tampa Bay in the mix. I don't count Minnesota in the mix, sorry. We saw a lot of their problems last week. They're a good team. They're not a great team, in my opinion. Can't count my Giants in the mix. Seattle Seahawks, they could they could get somewhere. I just think they're going to stumble come playoff time. But this San Francisco team, both sides of the ball, you know, they got experience now. They've been to the Super Bowl before. Jimmy G's been there before. And they got just so much talent, so much speed on that team on both sides. And, you know, kind of nice that they stumbled in the middle of the season. They could, they could really surge here, folks. And uh, just a team to keep an eye on. And, you know, if the, if the lines are ever incorrect on the 49ers, if they're ever a dog or if they're ever a short favorite, something to consider, you know, obviously depending on their competition. So let's talk about another quarterback. What about Zach Wilson? He's the definition of a leadership fail, right? Because, man, when you're in that press conference, I know everybody's talking about it, but it's true, man. Like, even if it ain't your fault at all, just say, just take, just own it. Like take accountability for the lack of success that you had as an offense. Of course, it's not all on you, right? It's not all on you, Zach Wilson, but the fact that that offense wasn't humming at all, it's a little bit on you, bro, right? Like he was doing check downs, check downs, safe passes, and not even throwing accurately in those safe passes. When that kid gets shook and he does get shook against really good defenses like the Patriots, He's not going to bring it to the promised land. And they, you know, they benefited from Brees Hall, which he's a real deal running back, and hopefully he's okay after injury for the rest of his career. But they benefited from being able to focus on that. I don't know, man. Jets would be better if they put Flacco in the mix, if you ask me. The kid just looked like like a 12-year-old up there in the in the in the press conference, just quickly, impulsively saying no to that question about did you let the defense down? You let the defense down grow up you know this is an nfl league with grown-ass men professional athletes fastest strongest dudes in the world and and grown-ass men right you look at a player like look i don't i don't like the eagles i don't i'm a giants fan i don't i don't think i think the eagles are going to have a lot of problems in the playoffs because i haven't seen any evidence that they can throw the ball when they need to come back from a deficit and jalen hurts is going to need to do that but jalen hurts is a man Right, he's a leader on that field. Let's talk about some other quarterbacks who are great leaders. Did you see Patrick Mahomes on the sideline in that Sunday night game? Did you see Joe Burrow when the Steelers kept punching back? Or Josh Allen when the Bills offense was 
kind of clunky to begin with. Every one of those guys, look at that. They look like they're coked up on the sideline. Their eyes are real big. They're intense. They're yelling. They're pissed off at themselves for the mistakes that they made. And when they get there on that field, I mean, especially Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes this year, like Burrow has that gleam in his eye, that confidence, that tenacity. You just know he's going to take over the game. 355 yards against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Through that, through that one pick, I think, but you know what? It didn't really result in much. He torched the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that entire game. They really didn't have a run game. Didn't matter. Patrick Mahomes against adversity again. Chargers were, were playing well. Justin Herbert playing well. Chargers go up four points with under two minutes left. Doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes right down the field. And you know what Patrick Mahomes was yelling after he got that touchdown pass? Shouting on the field? This is my shit. This is my shit. I love that. I love that. Patrick Mahomes, I talked about it at the beginning of the year. If you, if you remember, if you recall on our podcast, there were reports coming out that Mahomes is just more locked in than ever. And I was like, all right, well, he's pretty much always locked in, isn't he? Yeah. But this year seemed different. It felt different, according to some beat reporters. And it's showing on the field. Easily the hardest schedule in the NFL has not mattered. They're eight and two. I think they're the best team in the NFL. And as long as you have Patrick Mahomes responding like that, getting amped up like that, Kelsey's getting amped up. The whole team's getting amped up. Good luck beating that team down the road. I mean, I hope the Bills win it all. I got my ticket on the Bills' future to win it all. But damn, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is impressive. From from you know his obvious skills, yeah, but his leadership intangibles, unbelievable. You can say the same thing for Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. We are entering a golden age of quarterbacks, just like we did, you know, in yesteryear, right? With the Brady's and the Favre's and the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilsons, the Mannings. Like we had some great quarterbacks in the 2000s and 2010s and teens, but we're right back at it, folks. When you got a guy like Joe Burrow coming from where he comes from, how hard he fought to get where he is. Same thing with Josh Allen, right? Like put out his resume and his tape to every college in America. Nobody took him except for uh, North Dakota State, right? I believe that's where he played. Small school, proving everybody wrong. Now Patrick Mahomes, a little different, right? Comes from some pedigree, some baseball pedigree as well. But that kid, he knows that he's the best player on the field. And he's passionate about it. We got some damn good quarterbacks coming up in this league. And, uh, you know, yeah, their skills are great, but watch these guys when they get that gleam in their eye. Place a live bet on them when that happens because uh, they're about to take over, right? And there's only a few guys in the NFL that can do that right now. But those three dudes built different, you know? And, I, I, I mean, I would say Justin Herbert is right there too. But something is off with the coaching and, uh, you know, there's just – he just ends up on the wrong side of those situations too often. I, I can't blame him because he's doing everything he can. But usually it's the defense letting them down or bad coaching decision. So, you know, it, it's not on Justin Herbert. He's just not in a as ideal of a situation. But I, I also don't know if he has the same tenacity as these three guys just yet. Because when you're on the field and you're quarterback – Let's let's stop pretending, right? Like 
there's just so many fucking excuse my language, but there's so many dorks in the sports, you know, in the sports uh, media business and the sports betting business who are like, well, uh, if you look at this stat, uh, this quarterback throws for 8.9 yards per pass, and the, the, this is why he's elite. Okay, like yeah, cool, bro. Anybody can fucking look at that data and and, and draw the same conclusions. Like, kudos to you. Okay. But quarterback is not just about data points, making throws, elite arms. It's about being the commander and the captain on that field for your team, right? Like Taylor Heineke does not have the same skill set as Carson Wentz. Absolutely not. But if Carson Wentz had the tenacity and intangibles and leadership and gusto and blue collar mentality that Taylor Heineke had, he would be such a complete quarterback. But who's winning? The guy who's really skilled or the guy who's really tenacious. Taylor Heineke is winning and covering for the Washington Commanders. Five of the last six games, they won. And the only game they did win was against the Vikings in a very close game. Could have won that game too. So, I mean, quarterback, let's not act like quarterback isn't about way more than what most people talk about. Like, you got to be the man. You got to be dad on that field. And there's only a few quarterbacks in this in this National Football League who have both the physical tangibles and the intangibles with leadership and tenacity to make a difference in those big game situations. All right. Now that I got that out, I feel like I was just yelling at the top of my <laughs> – I was just shouting for like five straight minutes. Um, God, I just get frustrated by some of these – Easy takes online. Like, get out of here with that. Let's talk about some trends in the NFL, some things we can look at. And you know what? Trends are a dime a dozen, right? Like, you don't make a bet because of a trend, right? Like, the Broncos are 9-1 and one against the spread to the under. Colts are 9-2 and two against the spread to the under. But the markets adjust, right? Like, the Colts game this weekend, it's at, like, 36, 35, I think. Let me Let me look that up as I say it because I don't want to eat my words here. Right now, Steelers and Colts, the total is 39. Okay, I misspoke. Maybe I was talking about the Broncos. The Broncos are 9-1 uh, and one against the spread to the under, right? Well, you think the books are catching up to that? Two good defenses, Broncos and, and uh, Panthers. That's the game that's 36. Okay, so the books are adjusting. Markets are adjusting. But it's good to know, right? Most of us should probably already know this. But what makes a good under team? Not a good offense, really good defense. That's why the Bucks eight and two, Colts nine and two, Denver nine and one against the spread. That's why they qualify, right? Whereas really good over teams, Browns, Lions, Bears. Browns are seven two and one. Detroit seven and three. Bears are seven and four ATS against the spread to the over. Bad defenses, good offenses, right? It, it's really not that hard. And when they face another team that might fit the same profile. If the line doesn't quantify that, right? Like we kind of saw that with the Falcons and the Bears. And that one was a little lucky to go over. You know, we got 49 on that one. Some people got 50. It hit 51. We were a little lucky in that. I mean, neither team uh, got 300 total yards in that game. But some short fields, turnovers helped. But usually in those situations, right, where you have just really unrefined defenses against offenses that are capable, you shoot for the over. The over makes sense. And as long as it's not like, 57 or something, the probabilities are, are higher that you're going to hit it, right? If it's like 50 or 51. I mean, look at the Bills and 
the Lions this week. Now, that's at 54. That's awfully high. It might be a little too high. I don't think it's too high. But who's stopping the Bills? Damn sure isn't going to be the Detroit Lions on at Ford Field when the Bills just played there on Sunday. And the Lions, listen, they put up 30, over 30 points in two straight games. Their defense is playing better, too. So is it is it a dumb move to play on the over in that? I don't, I don't think so. But certainly could be a spot for regression. But you have to – I'm not saying you bet on spots because you're anticipating regression. But maybe you just stay away from that bet, right? Like you don't have to bet it. Another game where maybe some regression hits for these unders or overs – well, you got a, an under team in the Bucks facing the Cleveland Browns, an over team. Totals at 43. So it's kind of right there in the middle at Cleveland. Probably going to be some weather conditions, wind, cold on the grass. But I kind of, honestly, I'm kind of leaning to the over in that one, right? Because Browns ain't stopping anybody. Bucks got going in Germany before the bye week. They have two weeks to prep. And, I mean, this year, teams can run on the Bucks a little bit. They're not as staunch. They're not as, as stifling against the run. So maybe that one goes over. But you just you got to look for spots where things might change. If, it, if there's not enough reasons for it to change, then don't, don't overthink it. Right? It's probably not going to change. All right, let's get into some NBA free picks. I'm going to do something tonight that I haven't done very often. I'm going to play on Ben Simmons. I don't like Ben Simmons. <laughs> Not as a human being, but I bet against that kid a lot because I think his effect on some of these NBA teams has been a negative one, right? Not great under pressure. Not great under the bright lights. Definitely didn't wasn't a good fit there in Philly. Now he's going back to Philly tonight. So why am I playing on him? I'm playing on him because the last three games he's averaged over 30 uh, PAR points, right? Points, assists, rebounds. He's averaged over 30 the last three games. His PAR prop is 21 and a half. The Nets are favored by eight points against Philly because they're sitting in Bede, Maxi. Obviously, Harden is still out. Tobias Harris probably going to play. But this is a game where the Nets bench could play a lot more. Ben Simmons could be a part of that group. He could lead that group an opportunity for him to gain some confidence in a tough environment, a hostile environment, 21 and a half. And most books that's achievable. That's achievable. I think Ben Simmons finally gets over the mental hump here. They play him a little bit more on purpose and he has like a nine rebound, six assist, eight points type of game, maybe 10 points. Right, Because if he starts gaining some confidence, and we've seen that from him, less pressure on him coming off the bench too, right? Less pressure with that second unit. He's going to be a mismatch in a lot of situations, and he has been. Blocks, steals, rebounds, he's doing well. So I'm going to play on Ben Simmons in the spot against the 76ers. Another, another spot I like, now the Kings and the Grizzlies, this line is weird because it's actually moving back in favor of the Grizzlies. I'm not sure why that's happening because John Moran is out of this game. Desmond Bain is still going to be out of this game. That leaves Jaron Jackson and the rest of that supporting cast there for the Grizzlies, who are a very good team, a very unitive team. They have a lot of great chemistry. They run the floor together proficiently, usually. 
But John Moran is usually the catalyst of that. And his number two guy is Desmond Bain. And you're going up the Sacramento Kings who are not doing a lot of things wrong, people. I mean, this is a team in the Kings who have now won. I believe they've won, what, six straight games. They are the number one offense in the NBA in November. They're flying at a fast pace. Their assist ratio is way up. They move the ball well. And they just outrun and outpace and exhaust their opponents. And it's working. So why would they why would they stray away from that tonight? And this is a Grizzlies team who hasn't been as effective on defense. Right? They've been missing a lot of their better guys. A lot of their enforcers like Jaron Jackson Jr. just got back in the mix. Desmond Baines, one of those enforcers. They just don't have the same personnel. So they're relying on their offense. They're relying on their chemistry of ball movement on, on offense to throw teams off. But Memphis runs faster at home. I think that's only going to be a catalyst for the Kings. I like the over, and I like the Kings. The line movement is strange, and it's a little spooky. I'm not going to lie, but I'm sticking with it. You can hear me talk about that bet a little bit more on the NBA show later today. Some free NFL picks. Giants and the Cowboys. The Giants are nine-point underdogs on the road, and the Giants at 5-1 and one are one of the best underdog teams in the NFL, but the Cowboys at 4-1 and one are one of the best favorites in the NFL. So which side would you rather have, right? For me, to me, to this guy, to this New York Giants fan, listen, this is a revenge game for the Giants. They're coming off a loss. They know they're about to lose their position in the NFC East. I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys. Nine points is a little disrespectful, though. And what happens if last week the Dallas Cowboys are in a competitive game with the Vikings and the Giants win? Because the Giants have been winning a lot. They're 7-3. and three. So what happens if that's the case? This line is probably at 6.5, 7, maybe 7.5. 9 is too much. Okay? I don't think the Giants are going to win this game. I do not. <laughs> the, the Cowboys probably make a good teaser leg down to – you know, two and a half, right? You do a six and a half point teaser with something else. But the Giants, for as disciplined as they've played this year, how good their run game is, and the Cowboys have not been a great run defense this year, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. That's one of the worst marks in the league. Giants ran for over 160 yards, and then last time the Bears and the Packers ran all over the Cowboys. So you can run on this team. The Giants can establish that run and play hard defense which I think they will because they'll be very motivated in this spot. Coach Dayball has proven that he can coach up these guys and have them playing over their head. I think the Giants keep this a little closer than people think. I'm going to take the Giants plus nine. Tough spot, obviously, but this is a very meaningful game for them. Their season's going to start to decline after this. If they're not, you know, obviously they want to win this game. I don't think they win it, but they're going to go with the mentality that they are going to win it, right? I don't care about these lines. And after this, the Giants have the Commanders, the Eagles, the Commanders again, the Eagles again, the Colts. They got some tough games. The Colts aren't an easy out, as we're finding. So, so, you know, Giants have to give their best effort here to win this game. Plus nine is too much. I'm taking my G-man, and I don't do that very easily. But that's a little disrespectful for me. Should be, should be seven. Something else to note about Thanksgiving, the Vikings are going to be without Christian Darashaw again, their left tackle. 
in my opinion, their best offensive lineman this year. They were they were without him on Sunday against the Cowboys, and we saw what happened. These New England Patriots are second overall in the NFL in sack rate. They get a sack on over 10% of their defensive plays. That's a lot. And now that left tackle, Derrishaw, is down on that side of the line for Kirk Cousins, who he's been enjoying some really great protection this year because of that young kid, second-year player. I don't like that for Kirk Cousins. Now, I think the I think the Vikings, I think it might not be a bad bet to, to wager on the Vikings scoring a touchdown on their first drive. The Vikings are one of the better scripted teams in the NFL when they come out with that game script that, that you know, the first like 10 plays usually for a team are scripted. That's where Kirk Cousins thrives, right? Where he doesn't have to think very much. He doesn't have to wing it. He just has to execute. He's a damn good passer. So, I, I mean, I can see the Vikings going right up in the Patriots and scoring a touchdown on their first drive. You can get that around plus 250 at a lot of books. But overall, a total around 43, 42. I'm not sure if the Vikings are going to score 20 points in this because that's how good the Patriots defense is. The Patriots defense knows they're going to have to rely on their defense in this one. And the Vikings defense can play better, especially at home. Motivated spot for them after a very disappointing game on Sunday against the Cowboys. I kind of like the under in that game. That's my lean anyway. So on Thanksgiving, leaning to the over in the Bills and Lions, leaning to the under in Patriots-Vikings, and I'm taking the Giants plus nine. Tonight in the NBA, taking Ben Simmons' PAR prop over Kings money line and minus two and a half. And I think the Kings make – I mean, Kings are, are probably not plus money, but they're officially the underdog now all of a sudden. I don't know why that line is moving. I don't see any information – as to why it should be moving. It's interesting, but I think the Kings win. And I think that game probably flies over. Thank you so much for listening to Laying the Points. A lot of changes coming up in my life uh, in these coming months from a betting perspective, from a personal perspective. I'll keep you all in the know about all that stuff. Very exciting things. More offerings from me. Love you all very much. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Be grateful for what we have here in the great United States of America, a very flawed country indeed, but a very, very lucky and fortunate country as well. A very good country for a lot of reasons still. Don't forget that. I mean, yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm not over here saluting and and saying America's perfect, but damn it, we got some good things going. Let's not ruin it. Let's come together on Thanksgiving. Play some bets. Betting just went live in Maryland. Play some bets, drink some beers, eat some turkey, eat some sauce. And we'll see you next week on Laying the Points. Until then, after bets, we're out of here.